Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Radio Network, FST with Mike and George. By the way, you can find George on Twitter at George Kurtz. I'm at Mike Blewett. But go to FN, at FNTSY Radio to find uh, everything that we've talked about today. We'll put it out there. And we'll be putting this interview out here uh, right after we speak to him. And uh, I'm happy to welcome back on the show Maurice Moten. He's a breaking news team analyst, NFL featured columnist, and live stream writer at Bleacher Report. I know you covered a lot on draft night, Mo, and you also cover the Raiders a lot. You can find him on Twitter at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. So, Mo, good to have you back on, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Appreciate you having me back on. Uh, just, want, yeah. just following a lot of the action, it's, it's amazing what goes on after the draft. I know you talked yeah. about me covering the draft, but it's amazing yeah. what goes on after the draft with some of these teams. Yeah, yeah, uh, clearly. And we got Manish Mehta from the New York Daily News on after this, and we're going to talk to him about the Jets. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, But in terms of the Raiders, here's my first thought. Well, the first thing that surprised me about them is that I actually thought they were going to be on the move with some of those picks. But they stayed home. They shocked people by taking Farrell, whom I like a lot as a player. And then they have Jacobs. And Abram in there. So they're picking solid, impactful players at several positions. They made many free agent signings, high-profile ones. Antonio Brown, Terrell Williams, uh, Trent Brown. They brought in Vontaze Perfect. And, but I still look at the roster, and I feel like they probably feel like they're still going to be turning guys over. Do you get the same impression that they're still, they still have wood to chop to turn this roster over? Yeah, absolutely get that feeling. Um, I, I actually think they're going to bring in a veteran safety. I, I still think they need a guy who can uh, play deep coverage. I know they brought in LaMarcus Joyner, but they're talking about using him as the slot cornerback. Uh, Jonathan Abram, who they drafted, is, isn't really a deep safety, but he can play, he can shadow tight ends. And then and then you have a guy like a Curtis Riley, who, who is a deep safety from the Giants, but he had trouble tackling last year. He I missed about, at least about, I would say, more, uh, 20 uh, tackles. So I think you need a guy in the backfield who can erase some drives, uh, cover deep, take away the deep ball, especially when you're in division with the Chiefs and the Chargers who have uh, pretty good uh, passing games, assuming Tyreek Hill is back on the field for the Chiefs. Uh, defensive end is another position. I know they have a match at Cleveland Farrell on one side. On the other side, it's a little bit of a question mark because Arden Key, I believe, is going to be a rotational pass rusher. Gunther alluded to it that he would have the same role they had last year when they drafted him, when they had Khalil Mack and Bruce Irvin on that defensive line. So I still think they're going to get a veteran defensive end or safety and uh, try to fill out that defense. As far as the offense, though, I think they're pretty set, except for at left guard. Sends up a bit right now in the front run at that position, but you know, as you know, they've been uh, thinking about bringing in Richie Incognito. They're worried. They're wor- worried about him being suspended by the league, so that's why it's, that's pretty much at a standstill right now. But if he isn't in for a long suspension, he could come in and start at left guard right away. 
Mo, uh, you know, Mike and I just participated in a uh, dynasty rookie draft. Uh, I know Josh Jacobs in my half went uh, first overall pick. I I don't think he did Mike's uh, part, but he went number he went two second. overall. Nikhil Harry he went, went second, second went right? First, yeah. That was a bad pick by your your half, by the way. Uh, <laughs> what uh, what can we expect out of Jacobs? Do you think he's going to be uh, the three down guy right away? Does he have to prove himself? Any chance Martin's going to steal carries or somebody else? What's going to go on with Josh Jacobs? He better be the three down guy. If you pick, if you pick a, to me, this is my philosophy. If you're taking a running back in the first round, he should be your three down back because there's no other reason why you would pick a running back in the first round. You see all this, uh, all these running backs having success in the third, fourth round, some of them undrafted. So I, I feel like Josh Jacobs will be a three-down back as soon as he hits the field. It's just a matter of what his production going to be like. I don't think he's going to reach 1,000 yards. I will put I will put my projection at about 850 to 900 yards. John Gruden likes to spread his touches out among his running backs. Uh, he's been a head coach for 12 years, and only two running backs have reached 1,000 yards under his tenure. That's Tyrone Weaving in 2000 and Cadillac Williams in 2005. So I'm not high on Josh Jacobs reaching the 1,000-yard mark, but he will be the lead ball carrier in the fact that he should be. So the two high-profile wide receiver acquisitions were Brown and Terrell Williams. When you look at the depth chart, it isn't particularly deep with accomplished players. Marcel Aitman obviously played a lot at the end of last year. They have J.J. Nelson, a burner, Ryan Grant they took in from Indianapolis, but and I think probably a favorite of both Gruden and Mayox is Hunter Renfro from Clemson. So he joins his teammate, Cleland Farrell. Do you think that Renfro is a guy that I don't ha- You can never, from a fantasy standpoint or from an NFL standpoint, have particularly high expectations for rookie wide receivers. But do you think Renfro is somebody that they're looking at to be on the field a lot in year one? I believe so. I, I actually have Renfro as a surprise late round contributor. I, I had a projection for him of about 400 yards and four touchdowns because if Derek Carr is under pressure, I know they brought in Trent Brown, but I don't think he's going to be the same player he was in New England under Dante Starnakia. I think Carr is going to be still, he's going to still be under some pressure there because Colt Miller has to develop too. And as I mentioned, there's a question mark at left card. When you have a guy like Hunter Renfro, you can, can release off the line of scrimmage really quick and, and kind of get open. Carr, I believe, will look to him a lot for quick passes because a lot of people criticize him being a check down guy. I think he'll go down and feel a lot more this season, but if he's under duress, I think Hunter Renfro is your guy and going to get a lot of those quick passes out of the slot. He will move around because Gruden likes his guys to know all the positions at wide receiver, but I think he's the guy, he's the quick strike option there. And I think 400 yards for touchdowns is not far fetched for him this year. All right, speaking of the passing offense, uh, go two directions here. What what do you expect out of Carr this year? Can he make a big jump? He's got Antonio Brown now, right? We think Josh Jacobs is going to be a, uh, a solid running back there, so they'll have a sort of a dual threat there. What can we make of Carr, and what do you expect of Brown? I know listen, we can't expect him to be the kind of wide receiver he was with Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. I think that's unfair. But uh, what do you expect of Brown with Carr under Gruden in Oakland? I actually think Antonio Brown is going to be – fine there. Um, I, I, I feel like you can pencil him in for 1,200 yards, eight or nine touchdowns there, even though he's just coming in there fresh. But this is a guy that likes his targets, and I believe the Raiders invested in him, invested all that money in him. They want to they wanna actually use him. So this is a guy that usually gets, you know, over 100 targets, and his best year is 130 targets. So I think 1,200 yards, eight or nine touchdowns is fair for him, even in his first year in a new offense. 
Now, with Derek Carr, Derek Carr has never been a guy who's a volume passer. What I mean by that is last year was the first year he threw for over 4,000 yards. He was barely over 4,049 yards. And I think that Green likes to run the ball, so it's going to balance itself out. So I wouldn't expect huge numbers from Carr, even with Brown. I would say 32, 33 touchdowns is fair for Carr. He usually keeps his interceptions down. He started slow this year, but only wound up with 10 picks. He's not going to take a lot of chances. He will take some chances, but not a lot. Uh, he's never had more than 13, 13 picks. So 33 touchdown passes, 10, 11 picks, seems fair for Carr. In this passing league, 4,100 yards seems fair for him as well. But I think Carr and Brown will be fine. I wouldn't expect astronomical numbers. But, again, I think they'll both be uh, pretty productive this year. Uh, I, I guess one, you know, one of the other free agency signings that they, they did make a big splash was, was signing Trent Brown from uh, the Patriots. But now he's slotted in at right tackle. Colton Miller, the first-round draft pick at left tackle. Uh, I think it surprised some because Trent Brown played left tackle for the Super Bowl champs, but they feel comfortable having Miller stay there long-term at left tackle, and they just feel really good about the bookends in front of Carr now, correct? Yeah, they do, and absolutely. And I think Vic uh, Tafer, uh, who was a beat writer for the Raiders at the Athletic, mentioned that Trent Brown would be the right tackle there. A lot of people didn't think so because he's the highest-paid offensive lineman, you know, in the league right now. And I, I think the Raiders, they're, they're not conventional ever. So they're going to do That's things true. that can make you <laughs> they – they're going to do things that make you scratch your head a little bit. But I totally get it with the rookie Colton Miller. Well, now he's going to his second year. You, you kind of don't want him to learn a new position. He did He did have an injury last year, which which contributed to his struggles. But if he started all, all last year at left tackle, you kind of want to keep that continuity there so he doesn't have to learn a new position and potentially put Carr in danger. So I definitely get it being that Trent Brown does have experience at right tackle. He played right tackle in San Francisco, but he was a pretty much an average player before he moved to left tackle in New England. So I get the idea of moving him to, to right tackle. My problem with the Raiders' offensive line is Tom Cable. I, I don't trust Tom Cable. He doesn't have a good track record for protecting his quarterbacks, even dating back to Seattle. His Seattle days with Russell Wilson. So we'll see how this works out with Trent Brown. Again, as I said at the beginning of the show, I don't think Trent Brown's going to be the same player he was in New England in Oakland. In that rookie draft I mentioned earlier, one of the top uh, safeties off the board was Jonathan Abram. Uh, I guess, quick question, what can we expect out of the rookie this year from strong safety? Yeah, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to either lead the Raiders in tackles or be the top two, one of the top two, three guys. Uh, this is a guy who goes out there and he brings a ton of energy. He's going to hit guys. Uh, I think he also has the ability to shadow tight ends. So he, he, he'll have some chances at interceptions, but I don't see him as a high coverage guy where he's going to rack up three, four picks. I, again, I see him at about 65, 70 tackles. Uh, again, he, he's going to have some pass breakups, but I don't see him as a high interception guy on the back end. So I, I guess another important note that I'd like to hear from you is now I have to, I'm obliged to say that uh, I'm a big fan of Mike Mayock because he went to Boston College and I went to Boston College. So mm-hmm. I have to say that. Um, how has do you think this group, this duo, been received by fans? Gruden, I think he's always going to be a divisive guy on some level. He got rid of a lot of players, and you could tell that he was seizing control. But he obviously brought somebody in 
or was responsible for helping to bring somebody in and Mike Mayock that whose opinion he trusts. They seem to be working well together. Uh, they picked a whole bunch of players together that they're obviously happy with at the moment and signed players that they're happy with. So how do you think Raider Nation is receiving the work that Mike Mayock has done really here in the last few months? I think they're uh, really optimistic about it. Uh, from the minute they brought him to the door, they said, well, this is this is would be the draft to bring him in. When the Raiders have these three first-round picks, you know, what? how much better can you do than bring in a draft who is going to be there and, and break down these players? And he's been doing it, you know, with things like forever. And, you know, he's just been doing it on TV. Now he gets to do it for a specific team and help, and help that team, that franchise out. So I think when the Raiders brought in uh, Mike Mayock, the fan base, from what I understand, from my timeline, was pretty psyched about it, and I think they felt the optimism there. There was some distrust in Gruden because, of course, uh, under his tenure, they traded away Mac, traded away Cooper. Uh, the team didn't play so well. But once they brought in Mayock, they said, well, as long as Gruden listens to Mayock and allows him to make some decisions, then the Reds will be fine. And I think you heard that in, in media circles, too. A lot of media people have praised the Raiders' uh, draft class and how he's trying to change the culture, and they actually saw what the Rays were trying to do, bringing in Cleveland Farrell, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, Trayvon Mullen, their second-round pick, all from winning programs, Clemson and Alabama. But I think the culture change and the message that he's trying to send is actually going over well with the fans. Now it's a matter of the coaching staff getting these guys developed and getting them to produce on the field. All right. Prediction time. How do the Raiders do this year? Oh, man, I know Raiders fans are, are not going to be happy to hear this, but I, I feel like they're going to be a 5-11 team. And it's not because the team is not going in the right direction, but they have a brutal schedule. I believe that they don't have a home game between weeks 2 and 9. Uh, it's still a young team. They had 13 sacks last year, and, and their defensive ends aren't established yet. Cleveland Farrell, I think he'll be fine. I think he gets six sacks, but he is still a rookie, so there's a learning curve there. Arden Key, as I said, is going to be a situational pass rusher, and that defensive end position is still a question mark. If you cannot rush the passer, you're going to have some issues if you don't have elite cornerbacks. I know Garrett Conley took a big major step last year, but he it's just him. If Trayvon Mellon was in position, you have a rookie on the back end there. So it's a young team with a tough schedule. So I think it's a lot to ask if, if, if you're thinking they're going to go 9-7 and seven or compete for a playoff spot. It would be a major surprise. I think 5-11 is going to be their record. But, of course, the progress is what you look for with a team that's rebuilding, and I think they're headed in the right direction. Yeah, to Mo's point, again, this is Mo Moten from Bleacher Report. It's at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. It's Broncos Chiefs opening at home, then at Minnesota, at Indianapolis. They have the Bears a bye week at Green Bay, at Houston. Then it's week Yikes. nine. That's really tough. And, Mo, you've always been honest about where you think the Raiders are going. I think they've added a bunch of good players, but – they ain't there yet, and they're playing. Uh, they're playing in a division, and that's they haven't even played the Chargers. What I just ripped off, which might be the best team in the AFC. I think the Chiefs can take a step back, Denver a step forward, and the Raiders are having to deal with all of that with a lot of new players and everything else. So I appreciate the honesty and, and the information. Good stuff today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And of course, if you need me for anything, Raiders, or you want to talk about the dysfunctional Jets, I'm here for that too. We got plenty of time for the Jets, and I know we'll have you back to talk about it. And I guarantee there's three or four more things to talk about regarding the the Jets the next time we talk. So uh, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon, Mo. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it.